Hello everybody, welcome to our fifth installment of Construction Risk and Insurance Roundtable. I'm Amanda Leffler, an attorney at Browse McDowell. I regularly represent policyholders when insurance companies deny their claims. And I have here with me Mark Holland, who is an insurance broker at Highland. He helps policyholders use insurance to minimize their risk. Mark and I do quite a bit of work in the construction industry, and we found that oftentimes construction industry members don't fully appreciate their risks, and they're not sure how to make sure that they're getting the insurance coverage that they need for their projects. And so Mark and I developed this podcast to try to help our clients and our audience uh, by providing a simple, short explanation of some of the key concepts that are important for construction industry folks and to help you really protect your business. We'll keep it brief. We will keep it high level. Uh, of course, this does not replace uh, good legal advice or advice from an insurance broker, and this is not intended to be legal advice or professional advice. With that said, uh, for our fifth installment here, we'd like to talk about a type of insurance coverage that probably most of our audience has heard of, um, though you may not know a lot about it. And so we thought we'd spend some time talking to you all today about OSIP or CSIP coverage, and that's Owner Controlled Insurance Program or Contractor Controlled Insurance Program. So really, what is it? Uh, and, and let's talk about it a little bit, Mark. Okay, good, thanks Amanda. So the generic name for this is wrap-ups. The specific name or is owner-controlled insurance program or an OSIP or a contractor-controlled insurance program or a CSIP. The difference between those two is the, the OSIP, the owner-controlled, is just that. The pro, it's a master program for a very large project. Typically, they're about $100 million and upward in uh, construction value. And then the CSIP is a similar project type of insurance uh, but the contractor controls that and and manages that. Um, the issue here is that though most of the audience I think probably has heard of these things, uh, many people are not that closely familiar with them and there's uh, certain things that can come into play that can trip you up in these things. Um, these programs are specific to the project so if there's something that happens off-site, you're still required to have your own insurance in place to take care of any off-site activities, and that wouldn't change, uh, and, and your insurance would take care of those things. But your insurance is not going to respond to activities if you are uh, enrolled in a, an OSIP, CSIP program, your own insurance is not going to uh, respond to any any claims, any issues on that project site. So Mark, do they, do, if, if I'm enrolled in a CSIP or an OSIP as a contractor, and, and I also carry my own CGL coverage, how, how does that work? Do they exclude it? Okay, absolutely, That's, you're exactly right, Amanda. Um, the majority of policies unendorsed are going to exclude any coverage where you are also protected as an enrollee under that wrap-up. So. If, if you cause an issue on that project site, the wrap-up insurance is going to respond on your behalf as an enrolled uh, entity on that. Uh, your own insurance will not respond and it will in fact have a specific exclusion for that. So that's one of the, one of the pitfalls there that you're going to have to rely on uh, the wrap-up. So what happens if 
extreme example, it blows through the limits of that wrap-up, then what do you do? If, you're, if your coverage excludes any, anything that comes out of that wrap-up project, then your policy is still not going to step in and help you out if there's no limits available on the wrap-up anymore. Can you fix that? <laughs> well, it, it can be fixed. Uh, and I'll, I'll say two things need to be fixed. That, that should be fixed, as well as following the project. Uh, a wrap-up policy typically has a, a date certain and when it goes away. Mm -hmm. So it's got completed operations coverage for, for the enrollees. Uh, that period of time is usually three, maybe five years following the project being completed. Sometimes it's written on a statute of repose. So in the state of Ohio, that's 10 years. Other states, it may be less uh, or maybe more, but let's just use 10 years as an example. So you may have completed operations out to 10 years. Earlier in one of the other po podcasts, Amanda brought up the fact that many claims happen, obviously, after you've already finished the project. So it's completed operations claim. Well, if the wrap-up policy has gone away, there's no more complete operations available under that wrap-up policy. Now you're looking to your policy. Oops, I've got an exclusion in my policy for wrap-ups. You should be talking to your insurance broker if you're going to be doing work in a wrap-up talking with them about going to the carrier to see if they would endorse the policy to provide what I would call DIC coverage uh, to provide you the additional limits if the wrap-up explodes, if you will, the policy limits are exhausted and or also extend a completed operations for you once the wrap-up policy does go away and it's, it's no longer available for you to to reach out to. So essentially, you know, advice that we that we would give to our listening audience is just because you're enrolled in a wrap-up doesn't mean you get to stop thinking about your own insurance coverage. Perfect way to put it. <laughs> and there's there's more there, there's another reason too and that is a wrap-up doesn't cover all types of of liabilities. Um, so, you know, it's going to cover some specific uh, types of liabilities, but you, you still may want some of your own coverages. So, you know, you can't say, great, I'm in a wrap-up, I'm done. You, you need to say, I'm in a wrap-up, now how do I modify, how do I, forgive my pun here, wrap my own coverage mm -hmm. around that wrap-up coverage so that I'm fully protected? Exactly. And, and, and uh, some advice we'd also give is uh, being an enrolled contractor in that wrap-up you are an insured under that policy, and as such, you have a, a right to that policy. Uh, if you are successful in bidding that job and getting that work, I would I would go to the uh, the the owner or the the contractor that has put the wrap up in place and request a copy of that policy. Keep it for your file, so that if something comes up, you know it's there, and you may have to make a you may have to reach out and make a claim yourself because I've seen instances where the owner or the general contractor may may say, "Well, we don't think there's a claim there. We think this is your problem," right. and and you know <laughs> you should be able to rely on the wrap up. Right. You know, one of the other things I've I've experienced since we're kind of talking through a few of the traps for the unwary, if you will, with this coverage, and there are lots of them. You know, there there are lots of things to discuss when it comes to OSIP and CSIP coverage. But it's what are the amounts of those deductibles, and who pays them, and are there limits when a project goes bad? So, Mark, as you just pointed out, you know, there there can be disputes. Then you're all everybody's insured under the same policy. 
who's administering this? Who's making claims? What if there's a disagreement um, between the subcontractor and the owner who's controlling the program? Um, and who's going to pay the deductibles? Is it the party who was negligent? You know, honestly, that may not make a whole lot of sense. One of the purposes of the OSIP or CSIP, one of the benefits is that it is supposed to eliminate the finger pointing um, as between all of the insurance. It's not, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. It's who cares whose fault it is. We all have the same insurance. Right. Let's just go get it paid. So it's supposed to eliminate some of those administrative uh, costs related to insurance fighting or fighting about negligence. Um, but if you have a significant deductible in there, you may still end up fighting. And you know, one of the circumstances that I had years ago involved a large condo project and literally everything went wrong. Every single one of the trades had issues with their work. And uh, so there was a huge, a very significant claim made under the OSIP program. And what the insurer came back and said is, sure, that's fine and we're gonna pay this, but you have a $500,000 deductible per occurrence and we're gonna count each of the 12 trades as a separate occurrence. So you have $6 million that you have to pay before we pay dollar one. And that was a real issue. <laughs> that was a real issue. And there are ways to structure these programs so that you, you can cap those, uh, the number of deductibles that you're gonna pay and you really wanna be worried. This is, OSIPs and CSIPs are not for uh, the broker that isn't experienced. You need someone who's experienced in this to help you set up the right program and help you think through what these issues are going to be. Yes. And the uh, one last thing to point out is, as we talked about in a, a previous podcast on, on contracts, uh, you've got your, your documents, your wrap-up documents that, that guide and in some cases require you to do certain things. Uh, could be claims protocols and procedures that you need to meet in order to, you know, make sure that the claim is filed properly. You need to be aware of those things, because mm -hmm. if you're not and you you do it improperly, you know, you may end up being on your own out there taking care of it yourself. Mm -hmm. And we don't mean to suggest at all that OSIPs or CSIPs are all bad. <laughs> there are definitely reasons the, for the right project projects that are are as Mark said. Of significant value, there are absolutely ways to minimize the, the expense of the insurance program. Um, everybody can benefit from this in a lot of ways. There are safety protocols and things that can result in additional savings. Um, everybody can win under an OSIP or CSIP for the right project. Just requires some forethought in how you put it together. Absolutely. It's just a little different animal. You have to think it through. Well, thank you for joining us for this installment of Construction Risk and Insurance Roundtable. You can reach Mark Holland at his website, www.highland.com. www.browse.com uh, uh, is where you can find me, Amanda Leffler. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Amanda.